0: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Some of you may have seen in the last two weeks, you may have read the news about the death of Rachel Held Evans. She died on May 4th at 37 years old. Rachel was a really interesting person. She was raised in a very fundamentalist Christian household. And because she was a really true follower of Jesus, she had a lot of questions about some of those positions. And so she explored a number of different Christian perspectives. She wrote a book called Searching for Sunday, which is, which I commend to you. Um, It was really about her journey discovering the Episcopal Church expression of Christianity. And so it's so interesting to read how someone else comes to our particular Christian expression, Um, and what her thinking was and what her experiences were. So it's interesting whether you're a lifelong Episcopalian or whether you also have come to this tradition from another place. I commend that book to you. She was also a blogger. She had a very large following. And in one of her final blogs before she died, she posed the question really to herself and to her friends, but also a question for each one of us. Why Christian? Why Christian? Of course, as we know, the label Christian has been misconstrued in lots and lots of ways. Um, It's very vibrant and out there in our media and not always in positive ways. What it actually means is a follower of Christ. Jesus, the incarnate one who came To be with us, Emmanuel, God with us. So one of my answers to the question, why Christian, is that passage that was just read from the Revelation to John. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples. I believe in a God who acts in history. I'm part of a story of life that has purpose and meaning beyond the here and now. Those words from Revelation are a vision and they're also a reality. The hope of a time of transformation, of new life. The expression that creation is not over. God says, I am making all things new. That's ongoing. Creation is ongoing. God is with us. This is a promise. Write it down, we're told. Rachel Held Evans apparently had a note to self on her desk that said, tell the truth. John tells us today, these words are trustworthy and true, that God is with us, that living water is poured out for all the moments of our lives. I'm a Christian because of this hope, the belief that the story is not over. My story, your story, our story together. Our lives are not over, and our lives have meaning. To be a Christian is to follow Jesus who embodies this reality. He lived here on earth, eating and drinking, laughing and crying, caring for people, frustrated by people, healing the broken places and the broken people he encountered. He died painfully, too young. His friends grieved, cried tears. There was despair and hopelessness on that Friday and that Saturday. And then on the Sunday, God raised him from the dead, showing him and showing us that God's reality is not death, but life. In the funeral liturgy we hear, Rachel's life, Donald's life, is not over, but changed. When we confront death, our own or that of a loved one, or even the stranger we read about in the news, it's hard to believe that statement. Her life is not over, it's changed. Part of the reason for this is that our lives are changed so much by the loss. The person we love is with God, but we're here, missing them, grieving and weary. Those words about new life seem small comfort, perhaps, in the moment. But we are saved. We are saved by love. For me, the love which you all have poured out to me and my family as we grieve, in your cards and in your notes and in your expressions of sympathy, that love. That love which bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. That's why I'm a Christian. Hope. Love. New life on offer. How about you? In today's gospel, Jesus is facing his death. He knows he does not have much time left with his friends. And he tells them a funny thing. It struck me as a funny thing. He says, I give you a new commandment. He knows it isn't new. He's been teaching and healing and loving and sharing about this the whole time. The God he calls father has loved all of creation from before the beginning of time. And that God, our God, gave us those commandments carved in stone to love God and to love one another. But somehow in that moment, Jesus with his friends who he knew so well, he knows that we listen more when we think something is new, right? So he tells us, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also, really, you also should love one another. By this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So on second thought, perhaps it is a new commandment after all. New every morning for us. Something we need to embrace every day. One to write down and put on the desk, the refrigerator, the bathroom mirror, love one another as God loves you. That is a vision of new life for each one of us, for our Trinity community, for our country, for the planet. To love first. Without fear, without fear of the other, to put God's vision of life ahead of politics and partisanship and greed. To let ourselves be changed by the God who is a friend and not a stranger. The one who dwells with us in our earthly existence and who gathers us into eternal life when that time comes. A God who loves us in life and in death. Jesus tells us over and over, love one another. All his teaching comes down to this simple commandment will we live into that vision of hope for life for each other we're doing some of it together already yesterday out on the porch we built beds to help children in our neighborhoods who've never slept in their own bed and we had fun and we ate lunch and we loved Today we will be celebrating young people who are graduating from high school and heading off to new things. Huge changes for them. Huge changes for their family. I'm packing up my stuff over around the corner to move into the lovely cottage that has been renovated for clergy housing. A happy change, but a change. Some of the others of you are downsizing and moving, dealing with health issues, thinking about surgery, recovering from surgery, grieving the loss of a loved one, all change, all change. Life is not over, but changed. So may we be strengthened for all this change in our hope and in our love, by coming here every week to the table. We will be changed from glory into glory by Christ's body and blood. Our lives are changing all the time, and God's promise is to be with us as our lives are transformed. Transformed by his eternal love. Amen.